Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen. Um, I, I shared this out on Facebook, if you saw uh, our page. Uh, philosopher Edmund Burke, he, he made a profound statement. It says, the only thing needed for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. That's a powerful, powerful statement. The only thing needed for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. I, don't, I think I might have, no, I didn't put it up here, but that's going to be the next scripture I get to. But I think that's a very powerful statement because a generation without God is a lost generation. The Bible says that after Joshua died and after the elders died, there rose a generation who did not know the Lord. So, saints of God, it is imperative, it is imperative that we as individuals live a life that is conducive to following God that is an example to the next generation. Not just to our children, but to the next generation. We have to pass the torch to the next generation. We cannot leave this generation in a bad condition. When we took over this generation, it wasn't all that bad. But now, as you can see, everything that's going on, everything that's taking place, if you read Matthew chapter 24, it's just like reading the newspaper. Jesus talked about Matthew chapter 24, and when you begin to discern the end times, and we see fires, we see pestilence, we see wars and rumors of wars, we, nation will rise up against nation. That's what we're seeing today. But it goes much deeper than that, because the word nation in the Greek is ethnos, ethnos against ethnos. What does that mean? Black against white. What do we see today? That's what we see. We see racism at an all-time high. But racism is not the issue. Sin is. You can can talk about racism. You can can go out on social media and rant all you want. It's not going to solve anything. Until you deal with the root cause, the root cause is sin. And until you deal with the sin, it's always going to be racial things going on. It's always going to be hate because you can't defeat hate unless you deal with the sin. All right, okay. Let's go on to the scripture then. For the Bible says, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy. See, I just came to tell you who you are. Let me just reaffirm who you are because sometimes we forget who we are. See, sometimes we allow the vicissitudes of life to hit us so much that we, we don't remember who we are. We don't remember the authority that we have. We don't remember how much power we have as Christians. We don't remember that we can rebuke devils. We don't remember that we can lay hands on the sick. We don't remember that we can open blind eyes. And so I came to to make sure that you remember who you are based on the word of God. For you are chosen. Good God Almighty, will somebody get excited in here today that you are chosen by God, that he handpicked you? a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. Good God Almighty. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he calls you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Your value comes from being one with God. Let me say that one more time. Your value comes with being one with God. God is sending you to change people, not to be changed by people. 
Oh, let me say that one more time. God is sending you to change people, not to be changed by people. Let me give you this great quote right here. Write this down. The greatest failure in life is being successful in the wrong assignment. Boy, I'm going to give you some good stuff today. I know all this is going to be all over Facebook today. One of, one of the worst failures, one of the greatest failures is to be, in, is to be successful in the wrong assignment. And see, I got to talk about this because you got to understand what is God's assignment for your life? What is his assignment? What is the word of God in your life? What does God want you to do? If you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Let me, let me repeat this. The greatest failure in life is being successful in the wrong assignment, Dr. Miles Monroe. I think that's a very profound statement because your assignment, let me tell you something, your assignment is tied to your alignment. And sometimes you're not aligned properly, so you are in a different assignment. Oh, glory, glory, glory. See, 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 I got to get into this a little bit. So, so can, I give you, can I give you something else about your assignment? Are you ready? Okay, let me give you something else because I'm excited. Your assignment is predicated on your alignment and opens the doors to God's authority. So let me, let me, let me set this up for you because this right there is powerful. Because some people are assigned in areas that, they're not sh- that they shouldn't be aligned to. So, 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 okay, Richard, Richard had a car accident. He was hit uh, from behind. And we know when you get hit from, the, from behind, the first thing that happens is it, you get whiplash, right? It hits your back, right? And your back, your back gets out of alignment. So when your back is out of alignment, that causes all kinds of pain. You can give you headaches. It, it can cause your walk to be different. It can cause pain in your legs because there's not proper alignment. And so, but, but sometimes when, when you get sick and tired of that pain, you, you got to make an appointment. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so you have to make an appointment to a chiropractor. And so the chiropractor, what he does, his sole job is to get your back. <laughs> and so, so sometimes we have to go to church to get a word because I'm the holy chiropractor. And what I came to do this morning is to make sure that I can get your back in proper alignment so that you can get to the right assignment. Because once you're in proper alignment, God can give you his assignment and then you can operate in his authority. Here's the problem with a lot of church members. They say, well, I just don't feel strong. Well, you might be out of alignment. You might be out of alignment. And you can't get in alignment without the word. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. God has an assignment, but you won't know the alignment unless you're in the Word. And listen, and if you're not in the Word, you can't operate in His authority anyway. Preach, brother John, preach. I'm telling you right now, God wants to open doors. But unless we get the right alignment and God puts you in the right assignment, you're not going to have the authority that you need. Y'all can start up when you're ready. <laughs> I'm already ready. I ain't shoot. I've been ready since yesterday. I like my grandmama say, yes, diddy. <laughs> don't be talking about my grandmama. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, so listen, so listen, this authority, guys, is quite important. Let me, let me tell you, can I, can I share with you how awesome you are again? Just a couple of little nuggets. Do you realize that we are the only people that can connect heaven's blessings 
with the earth's problems? Can, can I help you out? Matthew chapter 6. Jesus taught them a prayer. They call it the Lord's Prayer, but actually it should be the disciples' prayer because he taught them to pray. As a matter of fact, he said, Lord, teach us to pray. He didn't say teach us how to pray. He said teach us to pray. See, the problem is not how, it's to. Some of y'all just don't do it. Well, I don't have enough time. Well, I don't know what to say. Well, I got to work. Well, I got the dog ate my Bible. That's all kinds of excuses not to pray. So the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't ask him how. He said, we just need to teach us to pray. And Jesus said, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Listen, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. So we, we get to tie heaven's solutions to the earth's problems. Good God Almighty. And you do that through authority. On earth as it is in heaven. So when you pray, you pray, God, if it ain't in heaven, I don't want it in my earth. Why? Because we, we have treasure in these earthen vessels. It's not on the earth, the earth that we live in. It's the earth that we live in. Come on. In heaven and on the earth. This earth. So if it's in heaven, I want it on this earth. Good God Almighty. Come on, saints of God. Are you seeing this with me? So, so no, no, not this earth that we live on, but the earth we live in because we have treasure in earthen vessels, yes. right? So God says, all I need you to do is speak because what the enemy wants you to do is shut up. I call it the silence of the lamb. Yeah, yeah, and the devil's best weapon is to keep you quiet. Why? Because the other community is not silent. They bold about what they say. They're very verbose. And guess what? I'm just as bold. Jesus can change your life. Right. If you, you ran out something, I'm going to call out Jesus' name. Well, we have a right to live this way. Well, Jesus can change that right. Hey, I, don't, I don't like you talking that name. I don't like that talk you talking. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to be around me. Right? But if you get around me, you're going to change. You're one, you one of them holy rollers. Yes, yes, I'm a holy roller. Yeah, I'm a holy roller. This might be true, but if you get too close, you'll be a holy roller too. <laughs> Amen? Come on, guys. We are not supposed to be quiet. God gave us a tongue. He gave us a mouth. He said, if you open your mouth, I'll fill it. I'm not supposed to be quiet, some little weak Christian. Right, I'm sick of all of this nonsense. Right. Uh, oh, we can't say Jesus. I say Jesus. Amen. If you don't want me to say Jesus, don't ask me to pray. Amen. Amen. Now, some churches say Jesus, 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 but I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> you got to be in the black church to understand that. So we'll have to explain that to our white people here later on. Maybe y'all might be in a church like that. You got to say Jesus, 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 Jesus. Y'all don't know what that is? You never heard that before? Isn't that weird? I know it, I know it, I know it. The stuff black people do, I don't know. I'm black and I don't understand it. So let's, let's get into this. Y'all ready to get into it? Check this out. I want to give you four godly attributes to building a great nation. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump. So let, when we go to Deuteronomy, because 
I'm telling God knows how to build a great nation. And so I'm going to give you some attributes on building a great nation. So come on, let's go to Deuteronomy real quick. I got to talk fast, so I'm going to need you to listen fast. You're going to listen fast? Amen. Okay. I got to talk fast because I got a lot to share, and then we're going to pray. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, we're going to read verses 1 to 5 real quickly here. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and start reading while you turn there. Thank you so much for your patience this morning. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. So, so let, me, let me just share this with you real quickly here so you can understand something. The knowledge of a thing is not the possession of it. Amen. Let, me, let me just say that again. The knowledge of a thing is not the possession of it. Just because you know something doesn't mean that you possessed it. See, see, okay, so can I give you some word on it? I'm glad you asked me. Somebody asked that question, so let me give you some word. The, the first generation, the children of Israel, did they know about the land filled with milk and honey? They knew about it. God repeated himself time and time and time again. He said, that land is yours. I got that land for you. It's Israel. I gave it to you. He told Abraham. Abraham told his son Isaac. Isaac told his son Jacob. Jacob talked to it, the generational through Joseph all the way down to Moses. And Moses talked about this land. God told them, the land is yours, but you got to possess it. They knew about it. So the knowledge of it doesn't mean you possess it. You can know something in the Bible, but it doesn't mean it's yours. See, a prophet on television can give you something, and you go, ooh, that's really good. And he tell you to send $100, that doesn't mean it's yours. See, the way you possess it, you are obedient to what God says. You don't need to send a prophet on TV $100 to believe what God said. Now, you can keep that $100 and put it in our coffers. And we'll take it, praise the Lord. But, but the reason you'll sow it here is because I'm telling you how powerful you are. You're not making him more powerful on TV. Because you don't know that person's life. I would hope that now that most of you are members now, and some of you have been visiting for, for quite a while, that you understand this life. You understand that I'm an integrous man. You understand that me and my wife, we're in love for real. They ain't got nothing to do with y'all. You understand that this is my best friend, and she'll be my friend when all of y'all get up and leave. So you got to understand what type of leader you have in this house, and it's going to be critical going forward who you surrender to and who you submit to in a church. Because not all churches are going to be going in the right direction. I'm just telling you what I know. There are some that are going to be full of mixture. And you got to get my book to understand this. Some are going to be full of mixture thinking just because the seats are filled, they're preaching the truth. Don't get it twisted. Just because people come don't mean you're listening to the truth. As a matter of fact, what I've learned through leadership is you really not teaching truth unless people are leaving. And we always have people leaving. <laughs> hey, that's the truth, ain't it? <laughs> if you've been here any length of time, you know people will jet up out of here in a minute. And listen, look, look, you know what I say? Praise God, I must be doing something right. Right? Because, see, you're not going to come up in here and change me. Uh-uh. God called me to do this. So I'm not, I'm not here to just capitulate to your needs and your wants and what you want me to do. I've had so many people come in here, Pastor, you know what you need to do. Oh, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, what's your name again? <laughs> uh, we don't even know each other. You're coming in here telling me what I need to do. I mean, I, I didn't start this ministry yesterday. 
We're nine years into this thing, right? And I think we've done pretty good. I think we've done pretty good. Amen? I mean, we've come a long way from three families in the living room. Amen? But guess, guess what? The, the best is yet to come. This, this, this right here, what you see right here, I saw this when we were in the living room. And what I'm seeing now don't even look like this. Not even close. Amen? But again, I'm not, I'm not interested in building some big edifice, and it's empty most of the time. And got a name up there coveted, and the lights are off. Ain't nobody in there doing anything. No, I want, I want to build a place where there's something, activity going on all the time. All the time. People are doing something all the time. That, that's what I want to build. I want to build a place where people can go, man, you know what, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, there's something going on at that church. Amen? Amen. I want stuff going on. Hello? Amen. Are you with me? Can I read some more of this book? Let me read some more. Let me read some more. So the knowledge of a thing is not the possession of it. To possess it, you got to be obedient to it. Amen? I just gave you that one for free. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all this way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Last verse, verse 3. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna. Somebody say manna. Which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God shall man live. So you shouldn't just live just off of consuming stuff in your stomach. The Bible says that we should live off of the word of God, too. So in other words, there are some moments, there are some times, there are some seasons when we need to push back the plate and fill up with the word. Now, sometimes God will give you the fast. He'll give you specifics about the fast, how long the fast is, what kind of fast is going to be. But there are other times where you just go on a fast, right? Don't get all super spiritual with this, thanks of God. And a lot of people come to me, Pastor, I'm just waiting for God to tell me what kind of fast to go on. Well, he may not tell you. Maybe you just need to go on a fast. Well, well, what, what is it that you need to kick back from? Do you need to kick back from Facebook? Do you need to kick back from chocolate? Do you need to kick back from Starbucks? Maybe you'll save a little money you stop going to Starbucks. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not, um, did y'all feel that Starbucks demon? Did y'all feel that? I felt that pushback. Boy, don't you be talking about my Starbucks. <laughs> I got a coupon. So, 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 <laughs> so, so listen, so some things you just do. Some things you might say, well, you know what? I got an excess of this. I know I'm doing this. I need to push this away from me right now. Now, my, my, my weakness, sweets. I love sweets. She'll tell you, I, lo- I, can eat, boy, I can eat a sweet with, I can eat sweets with breakfast. <laughs> I ain't lying. I can tell up some sweets. She'll tell you, when she met me, because in my family, see, I grew up in a family, if, if you didn't get what you needed to get, you didn't get it. See, I grew up with some brothers, man, and listen, when mama cooked, because mama knew how to cook, right? I'm talking about one of them old mamas. When, when you make cornbread in a skillet. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yes. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Cornbread in a skillet. See, some of these young folks don't know what I'm talking about. But my mama used to make cornbread in a skillet in the oven. Good God Almighty, I'm making them get hungry right now. Wow, boy, that's some good cornbread. Boy, you put a little butter. Oh, Jesus. Boy, that'll make, that would get you saved right there. I ain't lying. That'll get you saved. You eat that cornbread. You say, hey, hey, ba, 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 ha, ha, ha. You get saved eating that cornbread. That, that cornbread was righteous. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm coming back. I'm coming back, I'm sorry. <laughs> she, was, she was giving me the eye. <laughs> so, <laughs> woo, 
glory, glory. <laughs> Ooh, good God Almighty. Okay, so, so, so when my family would get food, she, I remember when we first started dating, and she came to eat at my house, because, you know, I ain't bring a woman to my house. My, my, I ain't bring no women to my house. And, and you had, I really was serious about you if I brought you to meet my mama. And so she, she came to meet my mama. And so we was eating. I'm telling y'all, I'm tired too much. So we was eating. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't even know why I'm telling y'all this. And so we got our food, right? And so we, we would pile up all of our stuff, and everybody would get their dessert, right? And so she's looking at me like, what are you doing? I was like, I was eating. I was like, what? I'm going for it, right? I'm like, shoot, I'm getting it in. Boy. And she was like, why, are you, why do you have your dessert with your meal? And see, I'm saints, listen, I know we're dysfunctional, but listen, I, I don't mean we ate our meal and then the dessert. I mean we ate our dessert with our meal. All on one plate. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So I just want to paint the picture for you here. It wasn't like we ate our plate and then ate. No, no. It was all hoo, boom, pow, boom. Oh, boy. You get all those flavors mixed up. Oh, God, it'll get you saved. I'm telling you, you get all those flavors mixed up in there, boy. You go, oh, that's the truth. Y'all know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so, but we had to do that because if I didn't get it in, So sweets has always been one of those things I know is a weakness for me. So there are times and seasons when I go, I'm not eating any sweets. God, I'm just fast away from these sweets. And listen, here it is. Here it is right here. If your body desires it, maybe sometimes you need to tell your body you can't have it. Mm -hmm. For somebody, it might be hamburgers. For somebody, it might be steaks. It might be whatever it is. I don't know. It might be sweet potatoes. I don't know. Whatever it is. You know, it might be squash. I don't know. (laughs) But it, <laughs> oh boy, I almost got sick. So, so, <laughs> so whatever it is. <laughs> and so, you know, whatever it is. But sometimes you need to go on your own, your own fast. Now, listen, when you do that, don't bring yourself under your own law. Right? And, and then, then all of a sudden you eat something, you go, oh God, man, I remember I'm fasting. Listen, don't beat yourself up. Just, just stop, throw it away. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. You know what I heard? You know what I heard? Pastor, I paid $8 for this coffee. <laughs> How dare you tell me to throw? <laughs> the first thing is humility. I know we did humility already, so I'm going to go through these, uh, do a little small recapitulation first, and then we're going to get right into the next one, guys. Look at this. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he, the devil, will flee from you. Now, notice, you got to submit to God before you can resist the devil. Some people are trying to resist the devil without surrendering to God, and it don't work that way. The devil will eat your lunch, and he knows you haven't been submitted to him because he recognizes something in you that looks like him. Demons are attracted to each other. So this is, this is why I don't understand why so many Christians got so many problems with demons. Why are demons attracted to you? The light is supposed to be repelling darkness. There's something in your life that's attracting the demon. Find out what it is. Resist that thing in your life. Rebuke yourself if you have to. Resist the devil and he will flee from not God, 
from you because now that you have submitted to God, the God in you is bigger than the devil in you. Humble yourselves in the sight of God, and he will lift you up. A lot of problems with a lot of church people is they don't want to be humble. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I got an anointing. Well, that anointing is going to be humble up in here. Guess what? Everybody in here got an anointing. So you ain't telling me nothing. So I can just say, yeah, there's an anointing. Here's an anointing. There's an anointing. There's an anointing. There's an anointing. She has an anointing in her life, too. So? Or I get other people, well, Pastor, you know, I came from, from so-and-so, so-and-so's, man. You know, people name drop. Oh, you don't know them people. <laughs> Coming up here, name dropping. You don't know those people. I bet I can call them up and they don't even know you. You don't know those people. Yeah, yeah. Just because you came from a certain ministry, that don't mean nothing. Because some of these ministries, some of these folks that they came from, I don't even trust those ministries in the first place. Because they, they teach us some unsound stuff, right? So, so, so listen, saints, if, if you're going to come up in here, just come on up in here humble. I know you're anointed. That's why God brought you here is because you're anointed. But you ain't more anointed than me. And I'm not more anointed than you. We all anointed. Amen. 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 So we can come in here and be humble. It's the same God, same Jesus Christ, same Holy Spirit. So all of us in here got an anointing. That's right. and, and titles don't make you anointed. That's right. Amen. Well, I'm prophetess, blah, blah, blah. I came from yo, yo, yo church and dee, 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 and, and blah, blah, blah. And as soon as they say that, I don't hear anything. All I hear was ah, yada, 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 yada. Wow, because you're tooting your own horn. Right? You can't go in another man's house with your own agenda. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just be humble, saints of God. In order for the nation to be great, you have to be great. And you can't be great unless you're humble. Amen. Go low. Listen, we got to take the low road to get to high heights. See, see, everything is diametrically opposed to the world. In, the, in, in God's kingdom, he says, in order for you to get, you got to give. In order for you to go high, you got to Come on, come on. You guys are so smart. That's why humility is so important. First Peter 5 and 6 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. See, listen, some of us don't wait. See, he'll humble you in due time. See, it might not be your season yet. Come on. Amen. See, see, and you, you, trying to, you trying to exalt yourself, and God says you ain't ready. You ain't ready. You hadn't re studied enough yet. See, some people want a position, and you ain't ready for the platform. And see, if he gives you the platform and you're not ready for the position, it will break you. And so you can't blame God. Come on, bro. You can't blame God because you weren't ready for the platform. Come on, saints of God. So, so, so listen, determine what you need to do prior to the season. So when time comes, God can exalt you in due season. See, seasonally, you're going to get attacked. The Bible says when Jesus fasted, he fasted for 40 days. Y'all remember this, right? When Jesus came up on the scene, the devil tempted him in three ways. After the last way, he said it was all about worship. He said, you should worship the Lord thy God alone, and him alone shall you serve, right? The Bible says that the enemy or the devil left him for a season. Seasonally, you're going to get attacked. 
is going to happen. Use those attacks to make you stronger. Because those attacks will make you read the word more, will make you pray more, will make you worship more. By God, you'll go to church every Sunday. You know, when I know people are falling away from God, they start stepping out of church. That's when I know. I say, yep, they're falling away. They might tell you, oh, we're doing fine. No, you're not. Because God set it up that way. He set it up so that you can be encouraged in the church. Don't forsake the assembly together with the brethren. Come on. It is, it is the scripture, and that means if you do forsake it, you're going against God. So this is where you get built up. Amen? Now, I'm not, I'm not just trying to judge you and say you need to be in church, but you do need to be in church. <laughs> so check this out. Some bald-headed preacher said this. He said, the world's seductive attractions are only cheap substitutes for what God has in store for you. Listen, listen. Don't, 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 don't settle for the enemy's worst when God has his best for you. And sometimes his best means we got to wait a little longer. And that's okay, right? But listen, ladies, where are the single ladies at? Single ladies, listen, ladies, ladies, please, please. Don't, don't, don't rush God in starting a relationship, Right? And just because that brother says, ooh, the Lord told me you're going to be my wife, you better use some discernment. Because maybe that ain't what the Lord telling you. Hello? Amen. Use some discernment. You need some discernment. So you'll know, no, wait a minute, brother. You, maybe God told you that, but I ain't, uh-uh. Right? And so listen, listen, it's all right to, to go out every now and again, but nobody should be coming to your house. Can I talk about it? Let me just give y'all some good stuff because this is why a lot of single women and men in the church are all jacked up because they're they already living together. Oh, oh, I can't. Oh, cohabitating. I'm sorry. That's the politically correct way, cohabitating. But let me just go and get good and ghetto. You're shacking. Shacking means you're living together. You get to partake in all of the goodies, the benefits and like my daddy says, I don't know, listen, it's country, you know, why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? I'm not calling the lady a cow, but I'm just saying it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. So listen, why would the guy marry you if you if you already given up the cookies? Listen, can I say cookies? I already said it, so the cookies. <laughs> and since we reel up in the house, and since they talk about sex education in school, we should be able to talk about it in the church. At least you're going to get some truth in the church. Right? So, so if you're already living like you're married, and when you get married, if it don't feel the... All right. <laughs> Let me move on. I felt it. A nation can't be changed until the people in the nation has changed. And real change only comes by surrendering to God. Humility. Humility. I wanted to talk a little bit about that. But the next one is, because we talked about it two Sundays ago. Here's the next one. Righteousness. Righteousness. This is vitally important to, to in, in the making of a great nation. The word righteousness means just confirming to God's law the quality of being without prejudice or partiality. Isn't that awesome? That's what the word righteousness means. That last part is really good. Let me say it again. The quality of being without prejudice or partiality. Do you realize that when we say we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that very moment should have healed us from racism? Now, I don't mind talking about racism because we got it in the church. 
We have white people talking about black people behind closed doors, and we have black people talking about white people behind closed doors. But who you are privately is going to determine who you are publicly. And since I never set out to be a black pastor, I don't talk about white people or Hispanic people behind closed doors because those are the people I want in my church. I would be a hypocrite if I say negative terms about people in private. And I cannot be powerful publicly unless I'm ground in privately. I know this might be hard to talk about, but I don't mind talking about it because this is what's killing the church. Martin Luther King said it best. He said the most segregated hour is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. And it still is because you got all the white people going to their churches, all the black people going to their churches, all the Koreans going to their churches, all the Hispanics going to their churches. Why can't we just get along? <laughs> now, why can't I just get a loan? Because somebody loaned me something. <laughs> 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 Let me borrow $20 to Tuesday, something. <laughs> Y'all so crazy. Look at this one. Look at this one. This is, this is powerful. Look at that one right there. I was praying this one this morning with all those leaders uh, across the nation. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. See, the problem with this nation is not racism. The problem with this nation is that it's sin. Righteousness is the only thing that's going to get this nation back on track, guys. And listen, when we have unrighteous political figures, on both sides, first of all, let me just say that because both of them are, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so we, we got to pray. That's why we have to pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We have to pray. We got to pray, first of all, in the church that righteousness rain down like a mighty river. That's what Martin talked about in his I Have a Dream speech. He said, I want righteousness to rain down like a mighty river. Why? Because Martin Luther King knew righteousness is what exalts a nation. Okay. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he's one of the guys I study under a lot. He's, uh, he's not living anymore. He's a German theologian. He said this, the ultimate test of a moral society is the kind of world that it leaves to its children. Isn't that powerful? That's the old man. I'm giving y'all some good stuff today. I ain't lying. I give y'all good stuff all the time, but this is really good stuff, right? Right? Some of these names, y'all, I know some of y'all might have never heard, but start looking these guys up. If you see a name up here on this slide, you need to start looking up these guys and start reading their books because that's what I'm reading. If you want to know the direction that I'm going in, start reading the books I read because these guys, boy, they had it. They had a real serious anointing on their lives. And so I read their stuff and I understand who they are because the, this, this, is, this is important, guys, because the ultimate test of a moral society, what kind of, what kind of world are we going to leave our children? Listen, this is way bigger than us. This is, this is bigger than you trying to pay your light bill. And we can get so consumed in the mundane, just, just our little world, when there's a bigger world out there. Hello, somebody. Listen, you got to link yourself up with people that has a vision that's much bigger than yours. If you don't do that, you can only go so far. Let me just teach y'all some leadership here for a second. Let me, I'll get back to that in a minute. See, one thing about leadership you got to understand, there is a law called the law of the lid, the law of the lid, a top. See, you can't go as far as your leader. 
See, your leader is here. You're going to hit the lid. If your leader is not growing, if he's not developing, if he's not learning, if he's not teachable, then if you don't grow, if he doesn't grow, you don't grow. And it will cap off the leadership of a church. That's why the apostolic is going to be restored back into the church. That's why I have an apostolic anointing on my life. Why? Because I'm continually growing, changing, repenting, wanting more of God. And the higher I go, the higher you go. So there's no limit to God. So that's why you got to understand what kind of church are you joining? Are you joining a church where the pastor says, oh, you got to follow my vision? Then that means you can only go as far as he goes. It's not my vision. It's his vision. And I'm not done until I get to him. So I want to know what's your vision. And I want to help you fulfill your vision. And so doing that, I will fulfill mine. Somebody said no limits. There's no limits to God, saints of God. Why are you putting limits on yourself? Oh, based on your past or based on something you failed at. I failed at that business before. Start another one. Capitalize on the stuff you learned and do it better. Oh, I failed at that relationship. Well, get a better one. You know, there's a better person, better person out there for you. Maybe the first person wasn't for you. Hello? And why are you groping? Oh, <laughs> I just said, uh-uh, there might be somebody else out there. You let that bozo go so God can give you your bow ass. <laughs> hey, man, hey, come on. You know, bow ass has some cousins. <laughs> Y'all know bow ass has some cousins. Y'all know it. Don't make me go there. Nah, I ain't going there. Y'all stop. <laughs> I know y'all want me to go there. I ain't going. Y'all just want to hear me cuss. That's all. <laughs> the Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue righteousness, saints of God. Righteousness is critical for us to get this nation back on track. Check this out. Hebrews 1, 89 says this. But about the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. And righteousness will be the scepter of, the, of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you. He's talking about you. Somebody say he's talking about me. See, this whole scripture is about you, guys. It's about you. He said he has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Are you, are you seeing this? See, when we read the word, man, this is about you. This is a love letter that God is writing to you. You know what's so amazing about this? He said, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness would be the scepter of your kingdom. You know what a scepter is? See, you can't even come into the presence of the king unless he extends his scepter. God is saying, I'm the king, and I extend my scepter to you when you live right. You know what that means? That means, come on, you have an audience with me. What do you need? I got it. You need a healing? I'm Jehovah Rapha. I got it. Yeah. You need peace? Oh, I'm Jehovah Shalom. I got it. Peace. Peace I have. I have peace. So God says, I am that I am. I will give you what you need if you come to me right. Somebody said righteousness. All right, obedience, obedience. 
Humility, righteousness, obedience. Obedience is, is, is vitally important, saints of God. I know most of us know 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 20 uh, to uh, 23, when uh, 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 that was the, the prophet uh, Samuel came to King Saul. And King Saul was a people pleaser, and he actually performed a sacrifice when he didn't have the authority to do so. In other words, it was an assignment, but he was out of alignment. And because he was out of alignment, he didn't have the authority to do what he did. So the prophet came and said, Samuel, I mean, Saul, what have you done? And Saul said, I have obeyed the Lord. So a lot of times, saints of God, when you're out of alignment and you think you're in your assignment, you'll make excuses for what you do. Saul said, I obeyed the Lord. Well, Samuel says, how did you obey the Lord? The Lord told you to kill everybody. So why is King Agag, Agag still living? But I obeyed the Lord. No, you're lying, Saul. And so what did Samuel say to him? He said, obedience is better. <laughs> See, obedience is better than sacrifice. So, so, so listen, let me, can, I, can I give you, can, let me give you a word here. Let me give you this right here. Check this out. Religious ceremonies or rituals are empty unless they are performed with an attitude of love and obedience. Just come in the church. Sometimes people say that that's a sacrifice. But is it really? Is it really a sacrifice to come to church? Or are you just obedient? See, some people say, well, that's just too far to drive. Is it too far to get what God has for you? See, we lived in Atlanta. Everywhere you went, it took an hour, hour and a half. We lived in Atlanta, and we went to church in Gainesville. We didn't care how far we had to drive. Amen. Because a church alive is worth the drive. Amen. Amen? I don't care. We passed by a lot of dead, dry, unanointed churches to get to our church. Why? Because what was in that church, I needed it because it got me to where I am today as a pastor. Amen. Right? So, so listen, don't worry about the drive. Just get here. And putting a message in a bottle ain't going to work. You got to be here. <laughs> Richard, Richard been coming from Rock Hill. Randy, Randy and Carol been coming from Lancaster. Did I say that right? Lancaster? Lancaster. I used to say Lancaster, my bad. <laughs> Lancaster. Right? We got some people that, that come from, from uh, 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 Wingate. Did I say that right? Wingate? Wingate. We got some Wingate folks up in here. Praise the Lord. So Concord, Huntersville, I mean, come on, saints. So who cares how far the church is? Do, 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 when you get there, do you get what you need? That, that, that's what's important, right? I don't care. When people say, well, that church is too far, well, you don't need what you need then. You ain't desperate enough. Because I'm telling you, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you'll do what you got to do. I'm telling you, 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 you'll find money somehow. Oh, Joshua, where's Josh? Joshua used to drive all the way from the mountains. Good God Almighty. 18 hours, one way. <laughs> In the snow, going uphill, both ways. That's what my daddy used to say. Boy, I walked to school. <laughs> uphill, both ways. How you go uphill, both ways? Check this out. This is about obedience. Now, I shared this for a reason for the young people. Y'all read that? 
<laughs> Did you know that was in the Bible? <laughs> it said, don't withhold correction from the child, because if you beat him with a rod, he shall not die. <laughs> Did y'all know that was in the Bible? <laughs> oh, so, so the Bible tells us we're supposed to minister. That's what I call it, ministering. Listen, when my children, Caitlin, oh, no, I ministered. Oh, no, come on in here. I need to minister to you. Right? Amen? Now, now, this scripture is not advocating beating. It's disciplining. Uh, or the Bible calls it chastening, not chasing. Chastening. God ain't chasing you. He's chastening you. That means he's disciplining you. He's, he's putting you in alignment. One of the problems with our nation is that we got too many young people that are disobedient. They are out of alignment. And nowadays, you have to be careful when you talk to them because they want to cut you oh, and shoot you. Unfortunately, I can shoot back. And I'm pretty accurate being a Marine. But I don't want to have to take, I don't want to have to go through all that. Y'all got to come see me in prison. <laughs> what happened? The pastor got mad. <laughs> Young fella pulled a gun and pastor was faster. <laughs> he pulled out one. I got one too. <laughs> Mine bigger than yours, brother. <laughs> but no, no, no. We had to put our prison ministry in place right away. Disobedience, disobedience. We have so many disobedient young people today, right? So a lot of the issues that we're seeing, let me just balance some stuff. A lot of the issues that we're seeing is the issue of disobedience. A lack of understanding and submitting to proper authority. If a young person is disrespectful to his mama who brought his rear end into this world, what is that young person going to say to a cop who has the badge and the gun? See, see, you got to understand something about authority. See, there's two words for power. The first word is exousia, or some people say exousia. It's authority. He said, as many as received him, to them gave he authority to become the sons of God. Authority. That's the badge. That's the badge. But then he also has another word called dunimus. Somebody said dunimus. Dunimus. He said, behold, I give you power. He said, behold, I give you dunimus. See, dunimus is the gun. <laughs> see, see, because you are so powerful, God gave you both. And so when you go to the devil, you say, devil, if you don't respect the bad, you better respect this gun. So God gave you the power and the authority, but he also gave you dunamis power. So why aren't you using it? You're letting the devil lock you up when you got the bad. It's your jail and you locked up in your own cell. All right, let's move on. Last one. Word of God. Humility, righteousness, obedience. Word of God. <coughs> so let me tell you a little bit about the Word of God, and then we're going to get right into this because we're going we're to get right back to this prayer. 
The Word of God is vitally important to us today. For the Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God shall man live. The Word of God is critical in these end times. You're going to have to start really, really studying the Word of God. And as you say, I don't know how to study. Come on Wednesday nights and I'll teach you. If you don't know where to study, come on Wednesday nights and I'll show you. If you want to break stuff down into Greek and Hebrew, come on Wednesday nights and I'll show you how to do that. Proper Bible study. You can't do proper Bible study unless you ask three questions. Come on, Bible study group. What is it? What are the three questions? Who's talking? Who are they talking to? You got to answer those three questions before you can even do proper Bible study. Otherwise, you'll be lost. Come on Wednesday nights. That's how you learn this kind of stuff, right? So that's why we have Wednesday nights, so I can get you into the Word of God, so you can have a better understanding of the Word. So Moses said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. One of Job's friends said, I desire God's word more than necessary food. It was Jeremiah that Jeremiah said that thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy words was like joy and rejoicing to my soul. John says this, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. All things was made by him, and there was nothing made without him. And then drop down to John chapter 1, verse 14, it said, and the word became flesh. In First Peter, it says, we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, that is, the word of God. The word of God is vitally important to us, and as Christians, we need to study the word of God. There are people living under a bridge. They might be stinky, and they might not look right, but I guarantee you, they can share some word with you. I'm telling you right now, I have met some homeless people that would break down the word of God. I said, man, I'm preaching that next Sunday. They, they, they know the Bible. They, they don't have any distractions. See, we got all these distractions. And so some of these distractions are not important. So, so let me end with this. Let me end with this. Let me end with this. Oh, thank you, Lord. The Lord just changed it up on me. He wants me to ask you this. What are your priorities? That's what he wanted me to ask you. Because your priorities are going to let you know what's important in your life. There are some things that you have put as a priority that doesn't need to be. What are your priorities? Your priorities will determine your assignment. Your priorities will determine your assignment. If you say you are a prophet, have you studied the Bible on every prophet? Because if you haven't, don't even come to me because you don't even know what, what a prophet is. Because, see, if you can't break down the difference between the office of a prophet and prophesying, then you're not a prophet because you haven't studied it. There's two different things, fundamentally different, than the office of a prophet that came from the ascension gifts from Jesus Christ when he said he led captivity captive and he left gifts for men, some to be apostles and some to be prophets, some to be evangelists and some pastors and teachers. That is not the same as a person that can prophesy. There's a difference between the office of a prophet that was given as the ascension gifts came down from Jesus Christ to prophesying that came from the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. If you don't know the difference between the two offices, don't even come to me talking about you a prophet. See, if you can't break down the word of God, that's what you're supposed to be doing. If you say you call to do something, have you studied everything in the word of God about it? Have you really researched that? And listen, don't come to me and say, Pastor, what do you think? He didn't call me to do it. I'm already doing what he called me to do. I'm already studying up on the apostolic and the release that God has for the church. I'm already all up in there. I'm studying every book I can get my hands on on the apostolic anointing. 
because I want to understand it. What is it? It's not just, oh, you are an apostle. I know I am, but I'm not an apostle like the, the apostles of old. I have the apostolic office gift. That's all. But when somebody comes to me and says, oh, I'm an apostle, and, and God called me to come and preach at your church, then you actually don't know what the office of apostle is. The office of apostle is a person who can set up establishments. He's a pioneer. He raised up leaders. That's why I can leave this church for three or four weeks, and I don't have to worry about it because I know how to raise up leaders, and I'm not a bit nervous or a bit jealous when other people can preach better than me. I want you to preach better than me. I want your platform to be bigger than mine because I can only be successful as a teacher if I can take you far beyond I can do. Is this making sense at all? All right, all right. So, so my people, you know that scripture, right? All right, so making of a great nation. Humility, what's the second one? Righteousness, third. Obedience, fourth. That's for us as a church. Until we understand that, the world won't get it. And when you got people who knock on your doors, y'all know who I'm talking about, them Jehovah's Witnesses? The reason you don't want to talk to them is because they know more of the Bible than you. Did I just hit something? Did I just hit something? Now tell me you ain't nervous when they knock on your door. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, yeah. that brother like it. You like me. I like, come on, y'all thirsty? Come on in here. Let me get you some sweet tea. Because I want to know, tell me what you know about that Bible. Right? I think my house is marked now. They ain't been in my house. And boy, it's been a long time since they've been back to my house. I think they marked my house. We're going to have to move just to see some of them. <laughs> I had one to walk up to my car. Man, my wife was getting gas on our way to church. They walked up to my car. I said, give, give me that little pamphlet. There ain't no truth up in there. Come on, get in the car with me. Let's, let me go down here to the church down there called Covenant Community Church so you can get some truth. Get in. Uh, no, no. I'm, uh, oh, you don't want no truth? Come on, get some truth. This thing don't have any truth in it. This watchtower. This, this is prophylized right here. <laughs> I didn't, then they marked my car. I had to buy another car for them to come to my car again. <laughs> no, you can learn about other religions. And it's okay to learn about other religions. But if you don't know Christianity, leave them other religions alone. Because if you know Christianity, it doesn't matter about the other religions because you'll know where to go in the Word of God where you can see all the fallacies. Right. And that's uh, in theology is called apologetics, apologetics, apologia that, uh, apologia. that means that you know how to defend the faith. Right. We learn that at Bible study, too. So if you want to learn how to defend the faith, come out on Bible study nights. Teach you how to defend the faith. Teach you how to stand up. But listen, not to, to debate, though. I teach you to dialogue because I don't debate the word of God. I have so many people want to debate. I don't debate. But I want a dialogue. I want to talk to you about the Word of God because it is it's my intent to get you saved, not to get you mad. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. 
Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.